We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my beautiful and glorious friends. I'm so honored to be connecting with you here today on Empower Radio. Yes, sometimes in our lives, we may find ourselves challenged or find ourselves in the position of taking care of someone we love. There can be unique and confusing challenges associated with being in either of these situations. So if you find yourself feeling overwhelmed, burned out, exhausted, or just plain confused, we're going to be delving into some important information and sharing some very helpful tips to support you in staying in balance and caring for yourself so you can share the very best of yourself with those you love. We are blessed to be spending time with Yosef August. Yosef is a rabbi, life coach, hospice chaplain, award-winning healthcare innovator, and author. He co-authored the book, Help Me to Heal with Bernie Segal, and is the author of Coaching for Caregivers, How to Reach Out Before You Burn Out. Yosef works with people who have medical issues, caregivers, executives returning to work, and people seeking greater fulfillment in all areas of their lives. Yosef left his corporate consulting firm and embarked upon this unexpected career path because of his own experience as a hospitalized patient and the caregiver for his parents. He has now developed a powerful and comprehensive way to improve the experiences for other people who deal with the medical system. His unique and creative healing approach addresses the needs of people's minds, bodies, hearts, and spirits. So, Yosef, thank you so much for being here today on Journey to Center. It's so wonderful to be here. Thank you. Yes, yes. I just read your book, Coaching for Caregivers, and I'm so glad it exists because this can be a very, I've known a lot of people that have taken care of their parents or loved ones that they dealt with health challenges. And there are some unique issues in this situation, isn't there? Really, they really are. And it's, it's, it's something about like uh, the caregiving comes upon us often suddenly. There's something that happens, but it also can happen incrementally. And it's kind of hard to realize at some point somebody will say, I guess I'm a caregiver right now. All the different things I'm doing, it, it can just happen that way. And it's not something that any of us really are prepared for, even if we're medical people or even if we're, uh, you know, say we're, if we're a nurse, nobody really is prepared for it. It's just, it's something that kind of just comes about in the natural way of things. Yeah, I guess it isn't something anybody would consciously choose to have to care for somebody who's really not doing well. We want everybody to be healthy and happy, but that's not life in its natural order, is it? Well, you know, I mean, there are people who, you know, really do uh, choose. I mean, they, they, you know, they make a decision that, you know, yeah, you know what? I'm going to move to where my parents are because they really need help. You know, one of the people that I uh, feature is in, in, in my book, Coaching for Caregivers, uh, a woman, R- Ruth Rubin, who uh, put her own life on hold. She was living in Texas. She came to Philadelphia to take care of her two parents. Both of them were elderly and frail, uh, took care of her mom and uh, and then her mom uh, passed away and her dad who was mostly blind needed care and she took care of him and i mean she really just you know she she did what she felt uh was really her, her loving thing to do uh so i'm saying it really was a conscious choice on her part it wasn't sort of like just something that was like 
fell in her lap, she she chose to do it. And then when both of the parents had died, um, she picked up and created an extraordinary new life for herself out somewhere in New Mexico. Um, wow, and, interesting. And she yeah. also took care of herself while she was doing it, which is why I feature her in the book, because my book is about reaching out, not burning out. And mm-hmm. um, so she took care of herself. She, you know, she um, she used, she, in her case, she used a lot of the regular uh, kind of conventional resources. Uh, my wife, who's a rabbi and a hospice chaplain, happened to have been her chaplain. So she not only had her her father get the chaplaincy services, but she got it. And she wrote poems every morning and she danced and she volunteered at the library. And she, so all I'm saying is that she chose that as something to do. Um, other people do it for a lot of other reasons and other, and a lot of other, you know, kind of circumstances. Mm-hmm. Well, I like something you're talking about here, reaching out before you burn out, because I think when we are in a caretaker position, we pour out a lot of our energy. And you talk about the importance of, of maintaining an equilibrium or balance through the process. Can you talk a little bit more about how we can reach in before we reach out? Yeah. And I think reaching it is just so important. It's um, you know, one of the, 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 uh, the tips I have about, uh, about ha- uh, being a resilient caregiver is about where you are is where you are and just really allowing yourself to just accept, have some compassion for yourself. Uh, we're talking about relationships. So we're talking about how about the relationship with ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, starting there and not judging ourselves. If we were more responsible or caring or smart or or resourceful or whatever, we would be doing such and such a thing. And um, but to be able to to really accept ourselves and 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 that's a big big deal for most of us um, to to let go of the judge and to uh, mm-hmm. um, so going inside. I mean, it's also going inside to say, do do you have um, your inner resources? Um, do you have a spiritual uh, path that you're on, whether that's religious. Uh, and for a lot of people, that's where that's really where they get their comfort and their support and their sense of of of, uh, of protection and power. Um, and there are people who get their spiritual support in 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 other ways than organized religion. You know, like 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 their medita- the meditation and and yoga and and other you know kinds of paths. Um, and those are those are resources that. People need we, we when things get tough. That's the time to really uh, utilize those resources. And um, and by the way, for people who may be listening to this show who do not consider themselves spiritual, I love to talk to you. <laughs> uh, if you have, if, if 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 do I have your permission, Tammy? To oh, I was just going to invite you. Please okay. speak more right, to this. Right. Uh, okay, so here we go. If you, if, if you do not consider yourself as spiritual, if they have, you know, we're going to line up. Spiritual people go here, as, and non-spiritual people go over there. If you're in the over there line, hold on a second. If you have deep-seated values about what you consider important in life, if you periodically reflect on meaning, you really, you're looking for what's the real meaning of, 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 of things that, that, are, that go on in your life. Um, if you have a sense of purpose in your life, that you feel that your life 
in, in order for you to be living a life worth living, that you have a sense that you, there's a direction and that there is a reason why you're here. You're spiritual. You don't have to call it that. You can call it whatever you want. You can call it humanistic. You can call it ethical. Those are all wonderful, you know, those are wonderful terms. Uh, but my purpose here is that to, to encourage you to draw on that inner strength that you have uh, and bring it to bear um, to help you have equanimity, to help you have clarity, um, to help you be resilient, um, to help you deal with all of the kinds of uncertainties and, and things that come your way when you're taking care of somebody that you care about. Mm, beautifully put. I like that a lot. So, yeah, if you say any of those things, that could be used instead of the word spiritual. It's a different way of saying the same thing. Yes, yes. Beautiful, yes. beautiful. So something I feel like um, I've been guilty of, and I know a lot of people I deal with are guilty of, it's like we do a lot, we're busy, we take care of, and I, I say it's sort of like, you know, you're in your car and you run out of gas. Mm. And pretty soon, you're not going to go anywhere. I think that's often the the place where we may end up having an accident or getting sick. So we need to be able to refuel our gas tanks. So you talk about something in your book I just love called RDD. So I think that this is a really important subject to address. Can you tell me more about what RDD is and how can we fix this? Right. So, you know, I, I, I wish I said when I was a little kid, what I wish that, that, I, that I said, when I grow up, I'm going to develop, uh, I'm going to invent a disorder or a syndrome. You know, that's, that's my great life fantasy. Uh, well, I did invent one. And even though I actually in my professional life have been involved in some very rigorous uh, outcomes research, uh, particularly with Johns Hopkins, related to work I've done with something called Bedscapes, which is something I invented for hospital rooms, and we did rigorous outcome study. I had a different approach uh, to, to this issue of, of giving and receiving. Uh, I was on an Amtrak train, and I got this idea, and I turned to the woman next to me, who was a stranger, and I said, excuse me, but uh, do, you th- do you think that people have an easier time giving or receiving? And she said, giving. You mean they have a harder time receiving? She said, you bet. That was the extent of my research. And out of that, <laughs> N equals one is what they, I guess they say in, 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 in research. Uh, that one person, that I invented receiving deficit disorder. And, that, and, and what that means is that, that, uh, that people uh, have, have uh, no limits in terms of the amount of giving and putting out and, and what, that they will do in the world, but... Uh, when it comes to receiving, they're absolutely, absolutely closed down, and um, and they have a great deal of difficulty at, at, with it. And uh, and my sense is that RDD, receiving deficit disorder, is a real um, uh, dangerous kind of a, a syndrome for for any of us, but particularly if we're in a situation where we need to take care of a loved one. And the, and the basic thing is that nobody can do it alone. So if nobody, nobody, and isolation is bad for everything, including your immune system, you know, being socially isolated. So we got to overcome our RDD, our receiving deficit disorder, and it is, uh, it's very feasible to do it. But signs of it are, are beliefs like no one else can do what I can do for my loved one. Sound familiar? Yes. 
<laughs> if you want something done right, you have to do it yourself. Yeah. I mean, nobody else can really read the nonverbals of my loved one, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and all those kinds of things that are right. It'll be an imposition on other people. Nobody's there anyway. If I reach out and overcome my RDD, if I reach out, I am going to totally open the floodgates to intrusion. No more privacy for me or my loved one or, the, or our kids or, or you know, the rest of the family here. Um, I mean, those are just some kinds of, of the beliefs that are behind, you know, behind this kind of this, this syndrome. And, but luckily, there are things to do to overcome RDD. Oh, I'm very excited about this. Tell me more about how we can overcome this, because I know I've been guilty of this and I've worked hard on it, but I'm always looking for ways to up level and, and increase my ability to receive graciously. So well, I so want to know all, more. Yeah, first of all, you're, 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 uh, you will not have to go to a residential treatment program for this. <laughs> 12-step program? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, the 12-step is different, because so my sense is that if you reach out 12 times, in, in, in incrementally bigger doses of reaching out, you got it handled. <laughs> you may have a point there. I need to yeah. just line up 12 people that I can ask for help. <laughs> yeah, it may become a habit, and, you know, and my God, I didn't even think about it, but it could become an obsession, but I don't think we have to worry about that. <laughs> the pendulum's going to swing in the other direction, Yosef. Right. <laughs> oh, this, no, this person, creating yes, a monster. <laughs> right. Maybe we have the beginnings of a, of a new horror movie here, you know? Right. <laughs> Yeah, but it. Well, really I know is. you talked about. I thought this was so cute in in your book. You talk about an entitlement learners permit that you developed with Dr. Bernie Siegel. Yeah, Siegel. So yeah, and yeah, help yeah. me to heal. Yeah. So what is an entitlement learners permit, and how can we get one? Yeah. Um, so first of all, uh, the, um, they will actually. I, I I don't know if they're up yet on my website, but soon I will be posting that so you could just go to the website and you can download it for free but um the entitlement learners permit was was we created it as a as a as a uh, a playful uh, prop for people who somehow or other don't feel like they're entitled to be treated well and to be treated with dignity and respect and love um and somehow or other there's something in their past that that gave them that kind of message and they haven't quite overcome it and feeling entitled is a big deal. Should I read this? The Please. one we have here? Okay. Yes. Um, and by the way, this is just an idea. I have a feeling that, that your listeners could take this and write a much more customized, interesting, spunky permit for themselves. But this is this one. Um, um, and this is to certify that whoever, whatever your name is, was born a totally and unconditionally lovable human being. Being aware of the imperfections humans may manifest, we nevertheless declare for all to acknowledge that your name is entitled to be embraced with love, to be treated with respect and dignity, and to never have to apologize for asking for what he or she needs. This permit is valid until the aforementioned wakes up to the fact that such entitlement is his or her birthright. And it's signed, Bernie Siegel, MD, Doctor Doctor of Unconditional Love, and Yosef August, Commissioner of Birthrights. (laughs) 
That's so awesome. I want to print that out and laminate it and put it in my purse and carry it with me all time, at all Great. times. <laughs> and, and, I'll, and, I'll, and what I'll do, by the way, if you'd like, I'll send you, you know, a PDF of this and you could, you could have it on your site. And oh, that's too. fun. Yes, please. Okay. Um, but that, that'll, be, uh, that'll be fun. But the, but the idea that um, somehow or other, we've, we, we, too many of us are burdened by things that hold us back. And um, you were you were talking a little earlier about about relationship being so important, and, and, and that we're really talking about connection here. So it's not just I need help. I'm going to reach out for it, and maybe I won't. Maybe I will, or maybe I won't get it. It's like it, it's the relationship that's that's the key. The connecting part here is the key. It's um, in real estate. They say it's. Location, 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 right? <laughs> Those are the three big things, right? You know, yes. in terms of uh, the desirability and the value of real estate. I just say here that it's connection, connection, connection. I don't know what yes. comes in fourth, but you know what I'm saying. It's, it's, I do. Uh, I mean, I really think my life started to become a lot more uh, miracle-based and graceful and easy when I went um, – from a head-based life and, and settled into a more heart-based life. Mm -hmm. And that really took me being able to receive because relationships should be uh, receiving graciously, giving generously, receiving graciously, like breathing. And if you're only exhaling or only inhaling, you're not going to be very happy or very healthy. Yeah, that's a great image. I mean, if, you're, if, you're, if you're only exhaling, that's great. Right. That's not, you're not going to yeah. feel very good. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to feel very good. Right. Yeah. Right. No, you're not going to feel very good. Yeah. Something else you write about in your book that I thought was really cute is um, privacy settings. I think we all know how important it is in social media, but you talk about the importance of having privacy settings in other areas of our lives as well. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, and and here I also have a, a you know another one of these props that that I call a declaration of interdependence. You know, it's we're telling the world about. Um, about how you, you want people to come towards you and, and towards your loved one. Um, but it really is a big fear that, that, that uh, most of us have, that if you know, you're going to open, open something up, you're going to really, that you're opening up the, uh, as I said before, the floodgates of, of, of intrusion. Um, so you can tell people, um, you could decide, first of all, who you want, to know about what's going on with your loved one. And this is partly up to you and, and obviously more importantly up to your loved one, what they want, who they want to know and what they want people to know. And you can have different kind of, um, kind of concentric circles of who you want to know what level of, of you know, kind of information. Um, but then there's other things around letting people know um, how you want them to come towards you. I mean, just for example, if you're if you're uh, going to be uh, bumping into somebody in, at the supermarket, um, do you want uh, people coming towards you that the first thing they think of and want to speak to you about is asking you about your loved one and that medical condition? Is that what you want? And it may be what you want, but it may not be what you want. You may want to really hear about um, what's the, the latest uh, movie that people have been watching on, uh, on Netflix or, you know, uh, on home box office. You may want to talk about a book. You may want to talk about your kids, or you may want to talk about some absolutely delicious kind of, of dish that you cooked last night that you would love to share the recipe or what have you. But what I'm saying is that it's, it's really up to 
you to be able to, to it's, it's up to you to set your privacy settings in that way of, of, of letting people know um, what you want in terms of how people come towards you. It's not the usual way. I mean, it's usually people come towards you how they do. And um, it doesn't serve you if, unless you have been able to some way shape that. So on, on Facebook, um, you can, you know, most people know, I think, actually, I don't know how to do it, to tell you the truth. But most people, if they're, you know, probably 12-year-olds know how to do this. But set, set their privacy settings. Uh, actually, I did it on my Facebook, which is why I don't use it, because I really don't want to have a whole lot of, of, of that open world like that. I'd rather have more, more of a choice about m you know, my connections with people. Mm -hmm. um, but, but you can set those things pretty easily um, on, on, on those. And by the way, there's another thing that maybe we can get to even briefly, which are care sites. Um, these are free websites that families can set up and use. They're, they're very easy to set up and they're very easy to use to, to, to let people know what's going on, let people know what you need, give them a chance to come forward and, and volunteer, and also let them send prayers and affirmations and other kinds of love messages to you and your loved one. And on yeah. those care sites... Yeah, you have those all listed out uh, in the back of your book, which I think is a really wonderful resource. So if people are like, oh, I want to get a copy of Yosef's book, how can they get it? Yeah, it's very, just go to Amazon, and, and, you, and thank you for that. And, and um, it's available in a, as a, as a, in a print uh, edition, and it also is available as an e-book uh, and a Kindle book. And on Kindle... Um, ha, ha, there's, a, there's, a, there's a new feature, which is a very cool one about what we're talking about. And they're, they're called widgets, um, not widgets, which is another kind of thing that would on websites. Widgets are, are a little, they're, they're like a button that opens up to, um, like, like opens up a, a community, really, of people who want to talk about some particular issue. So in my book, there are 15 places where um, readers can talk to other readers about just like this issue of privacy, you know, um, they they can vote on the on the question of uh, is it possible to to reach out for help without being intruded upon, and you answer yes or no, but then you start to discuss that and ways of doing it, and other readers read what you have to say and they respond. So this book about reaching out actually has the technology within the actual Kindle uh, to do that. Uh, That's so, great. I had no idea that that was something that was available. That's really very cool, and and I imagine could be very very helpful. Yeah, it just very came supportive. Out. So we, ju mm -hmm. we just we just heard about it, you know, in time. Um, but that's um, but and, and can I just say a little more about these care sites? Absolutely. We have about uh, two or three minutes. So yes. Okay, yes, I'll be very brief. I'll more. name them. Lots of helping hands. L O T S A. Lots of helping hands. Care pages and Caring Bridge. And I would urge people to go on the web, take a look at these three, um, and they're free. And as I said, they're easy to set up, but they really help to take the burden off the caregiver. They don't have to, you don't have to return phone calls and emails and those kinds of things. It's a very efficient way of making good things happen.
Awesome. So we have a couple minutes left, and I would love to hear Yosef just uh, as, as a way to wrap this up. What are some of the smartest things we can do in your experience to care for ourselves and care for our loved ones? Hmm. Uh, okay. So uh, some of the smartest things we can do. Get clear about what you want and need. Mm-hmm. Sounds so simple, but it's really very powerful to take a step back and say, what do you really need? Get clear about the way you want people to offer help and support. Set your privacy settings, as I was saying before. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell people up front if you're not comfortable talking about the medical condition of, of your loved one in order to honor his or her wishes for privacy. Um, let people know your overall medical or healing goal for the person you're caring for. And uh, there's one that I just want to skip to right now, which is really forgive people in advance for their clumsiness, awkwardness, unconsciousness, and stupidity. Well, this can be confusing terrain. There's no doubt about it, you know? And there's no one-size-fits-all, so there's bound to be those moments. So I think that's really powerful. Forgive people in advance. Yes. And I want to say that this is, you know, as we're approaching Thanksgiving, and this year it also uh, is at the same time as Hanukkah, uh, the Jewish Festival of Lights, that it really is a time to reach out to caregivers that you know, as you're gathering in families, to honor them, to see how you can support the caregivers. This is a time to kind of come forward with that. You know, in a sense, the Native Americans were caregivers for the pilgrims. I mean, they really showed them about corn and they taught them, you know, things around survival. So, and this is a time of light in the darkest time. This is people gather and the, 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 the holiday of Hanukkah is with, with light. So we got to really talk about bringing light and lightness into, um, into this, this whole process of caregiving. Um, yes. It's a yes. very, very wonderful thing to be able to take care of a loved one. And um, we, what we really want to do is encourage people to take good enough care of themselves as they do that so that they have a life as well as a role as a caregiver and they, ha- and they can sustain themselves. And, Absolutely. Uh, we have to put ourselves at the top of the care list or we, don't, we can't give the best of ourselves to others. Yes. So, Yosef, thank you so much for being with us here today on Empower Radio. And to my listeners, thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us. Blessings from our heart to yours. Get a hold of me at Tammy B. PhD. Would love to hear from you, connect with you, and bless you. Onward and upward. Bye for now.